Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Jason Harris, filmmaker, comedian, 1992 enthusiast. <laughs> yes, indeed. And Jason, you are not the only 1992 enthusiast, clearly, as we've learned over the course of our season on the films of 1992, which we are reaching the end of at this point, although uh, we'll have a couple little extra things that we'll we'll mention later. But Josh, let me jump in and say... We have broken records for our downloads and our listenership. And I want to thank all of our listeners, whether you're new to the podcast or have been a loyal listener from the beginning or somewhere in between. We appreciate all of you. And it makes it so much more fun to know that people are listening because I've tried talking to myself with no one around and it's more sad than fun, Josh. The Jason Talks to Himself with No One Around podcast coming soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just me recording myself in bed at night telling myself to stop crying. <laughs> Beautiful. But yes, thank you to everyone who is listening, for everyone who's downloading, and, and everyone who gave us feedback at the beginning of this season when we asked, as we usually do, what movies from this year are your favorites. We got so many responses from people, obviously a lot of passionate opinions about films from this year. So hopefully some of those ended up in our episodes. Some of them may end up here in the future. Uh, and we'll talk about that later. But as we always do at the end of the season, we do this epilogue episode going through our categories, talking about what other movies from this year could have come up, what other movies from this year were notable. Uh, we started the season with the box office champion, and that was Disney's Aladdin, which was the number one movie at the box office. Sometimes we've shifted on that. But for this year, we did talk about the number one movie. Some of the other top 10 movies at the box office in 1992 include The Bodyguard, Home Alone 2, um, Lethal Weapon 3. Of course, we talked about Lethal Weapon 2 back in our 1989 season. Uh, Batman Returns, A Few Good Men, Sister Act, and Bram Stoker's Dracula from Francis Ford Coppola, which I was sort of surprised to see that that was such a huge hit. I feel like I remember that being known for being a bit of a failure, but maybe that was just artistic. Yeah, everyone has know. given Francis Ford Coppola crap over the years. And really, he's done pretty well for himself. Get off his back. Let's see Megalopolis or whatever he's making now with his own money. I'm excited for it. I'm fascinated to see Megalopolis. And yeah, we talked about Coppola in a sort of less than flattering context when we did our episode on the Cotton Club. But of course, he has achieved some amazing stuff. Yeah, Josh, uh, Basic Instinct. And Aladdin, those are our two from the top 10. So we went uh, in divergent paths this year, this season. <laughs> yes, so. covering both of those, yeah. Um, all right, Josh, first feature. What a year for first features. Reservoir Dogs, we had to do it. Quentin Tarantino, there's no greater filmmaker to talk about for a first feature. Although Yui Boll comes close. And we <laughs> had the German fried movie on the list. Park Chan-wook is uh, back right now, right? And uh, The Moon Is is his first movie, The Sun's Dream. And Nora Ephron, which I know your sister wanted us to talk about, This Is My Life. And we'd like to talk about Nora Ephron, but we just didn't feel that was the one. David Fincher, Alien 3. Again, we've talked about Fincher and maybe this kind of didn't really fit. Ang Lee, of course, we should talk about. And his movie was Pushing Hands. Then we had Baz Luhrmann, who's had a great year. Elvis, I think, is going to get some Oscar nominations. Strictly Ballroom, of course, the last two. Uh, we've talked about Shyamalan before. This is his little-known movie, Praying with Anger, which kind of 
set him on the path to keep more ownership of his films. But the real other one for me, the only other choice it could have been was Robert Rodriguez, El Mariachi. And when you think of Tarantino and Rodriguez, those two kind of go hand in hand at this time. Yeah, I think when we were talking about this, El Mariachi was definitely the other one that almost made it in. And I think a lot of these examples that you cited are major directors where their first film wasn't all that notable necessarily or isn't all that well known. And so maybe wouldn't have as much for us to talk about. Um, yes, shout out to my sister, Brandy, who really tried hard to get us to talk about that Nora Ephron film, which is not a well-known film. We have talked about her as a screenwriter when we did right, an episode when Harry, Harry Sally. Sally, and she's certainly a notable director of romantic comedies, which I'm, and I'm sure we'll get back to her at some point. I, I do love Alien 3, which is a much maligned film. And even David Fincher himself has kind of disowned it, but, um, I, I like that movie a lot. So as you said, quite a year for these major filmmakers making their first film. Yeah, I mean, look, Praying with Anger would have been interesting to see what didn't work and what was taken away because Shyamalan's been so up and down. Ang Lee is always worth, you know, covering a Park Chan book. And then of the of the ones that kind of broke through, Strictly Ballroom was a big hit, Baz Luhrmann. So I think that might have made sense. And of course, we know El Mariachi was a huge hit, too. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right about the Baz Luhrmann film that that was uh, a, a bigger hit and, and more well-known than some of these other smaller debuts from, from these filmmakers. But all, I think, interesting films probably to look at. Sure, so of course. In our, in our flop episode, we talked about Barry Levinson's Toys, which I, I, to me, that was like, it had to be, it was the obvious choice because it's such a famous flop. It's one of the most famous cinematic failures, but there were plenty of failures going on in 1992. I think Hero with Dustin Hoffman was another one that we were that was a big considering. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, directed by John Carpenter and starring Chevy Chase, is another really famous failure. Uh, Ralph Bakshi's Cool World, 1492 Conquest of Paradise, which was one of the two movies about Christopher Columbus. This was the year of the dueling Columbus movies. Chaplin, the biopic of Charlie Chaplin starring Robert Downey Jr. and Hoffa, the Jimmy Hoffa biopic directed by Danny DeVito. Both were movies that were sort of positioned as these big prestige projects and and kind of uh, failed. It didn't live up to those expectations. And Jason, you had suggested Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross as a flop. And that was a movie that I think when I saw that, I thought there's no way that movie was a failure. That is like a classic film, but it was a uh, an underperformer at the box office in 1992 before it went on to be so beloved and so classic. Yeah. So I love that movie and that, and honestly I picked Peter's friends as, as my choice and I'm glad I did, but I like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross better than Peter's friends. I just thought like people, you know, I'll talk about that more when we get to my pick, but I love Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. That's a great movie and I'm glad it's become such a classic, but yeah, it's funny that that didn't perform well. Josh, you mentioned Chaplin, Chaplin, you know, Downey, Robert Downey Jr. is amazing in that movie, got an Oscar nod for it. So, um, you know, there were varying successes and failures in, in this regard. Uh, Dave brought up a good point uh, when we were going, when we were planning the season that Robin Williams was in our box office champ and our box office flop. And of course, we talked about him in our cult classic. It was really uh, just ubiquitous at this point in time. He was. It was really the year of Robin Williams. And I think we didn't even necessarily realize this. I know, at least for me, watching Shakes the Clown, I forgot that he was in that yeah. and that he had done so much. He has such a showcase like scene in that movie that he was just everywhere in these very different kinds of projects 
1992. Josh, I have a question for you because I know you're not a Mammoth fan, uh, but do you like Glengarry Glen Ross as a film? No, I don't at all like Glengarry Glen Ross. And I, I may have mentioned this if we've talked about Mammoth before, but Glengarry Glen Ross was the movie that I watched and made me realize, like, I don't have to pretend to like Mammoth anymore. Like, I'm not just not getting it. I just really dislike what he does. So... I mean, um, I'm sure that would have made for an interesting discussion because, yeah, I don't like that movie at all. And I love it. And, you know, Pacino, we know, got the Oscar nod and he ended up winning Best Actor for Scent of a Woman. But you got Jack Lemmon, you got Alan Arkin, you got Ed Harris uh, and Kevin Spacey is very good in this movie, too. We, I can say that, right? Sure. Of course. I all mean, right. All, all of those are, are excellent actors in that film that I don't care for. Yeah. So maybe someday we'll return to Glengarry Glen Ross and get into that in more detail. Who got the Glengarry leads? Thank you for that. <laughs> so we talked about uh, the Cannes Film Festival, and actually we did not talk about the Palme d'Or winner, which is sometimes we do, and sometimes it just doesn't seem to fit. So we instead talked about Robert Altman's The Player, which was in competition and won a couple of other awards. We did mention in that episode that the actual Palme d'Or winner was the Swedish film The Best Intentions by Billy August which was like a condensation of a mini series. It seemed like kind of an odd thing for us to talk about. So we didn't, but maybe an interesting film. Other films in competition at Cannes include Basic Instinct, which we of course did talk about. Howard's End, which came up on a bunch of different episodes in relation to other films and was a big uh, Oscar contender slash winner at the end of the year in 92. Um, some other major filmmakers there, Terrence Davies with his film, the Long Day Closes, David Lynch's film Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, Hal Hartley's film Simple Men, and a movie that I completely forgot about. Apparently, Gary Sinise directed an adaptation of, of Mice and Men that he starred in with John Malkovich. Yeah. I didn't even remember that movie existed. And I guess I've it was seen a that. competition at Cannes. I've seen that film. Is it good? Yeah. It's, uh, it's all right. Malkovich really goes for it as Lenny. You know, yeah, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, charge. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, Josh Hal Hartley, one of the great independent filmmakers of uh, of you know really the eighties and nineties. We haven't gotten to him yet. I look forward to a time when we get to Hal Hartley. Yeah, he seems like a filmmaker that we'll have to discuss at some point, but uh, maybe not. I'm not familiar with that Simple Man, that film that he that played at Cannes this year. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Josh, for documentary, we went with Baraka because we all needed to meditate on what life is and how we relate to the world. And I, interestingly enough, Josh, I uh, I just started hot yoga yesterday and uh, the soundtrack, I felt like I was in Baraka. Yeah. So so there's that. So um, I, I had suggested we do Brothers Keepers, which is, as you know, Joe Berliner. And uh, it's a very famous documentary about uh, these poor farmers i think in upstate new york who their brothers and one might have murdered the other and it kind of goes over that uh but um some of the other ones 1991 the year punk broke a brief history of time which is errol morris's uh movie about stephen hawking is that correct yeah yeah uh and tell me about these other ones the year punk broke visions of light and rock hudson's home movies well, I mean, The Year Punk Broke was a documentary about the kind of explosion of, of grunge music that was occurring at this time. I haven't seen that, but it's certainly like a really notable music documentary. And I'm not sure. I think I don't remember if I was the one who put that Visions of Light film on there. Maybe I was just searching around for some documentaries. It's a documentary about like the history of cinematography. I think. Mm. And uh, Rock Hudson's Home Movies, I think, is a sort of experimental film delving into 
gay subtext in uh, in Rock Hudson's work. Uh, of course, you know, an actor who was closeted for his entire career. And then, um, you know, people learned about his personal life later on. I haven't seen that either of those films seem like they would have potentially been interesting. And I was just looking out of curiosity, the Oscar winner for best documentary that year was a film called The Panama Deception that I've not heard of and does not seem like a movie that's really uh, lasted in terms of uh, cultural reputation. But that was what uh, what the Oscars chose rather than. What is it? What is it about? It is about the the I believe it's about the invasion of of Panama and uh, the the Noriega situation. It's oh yeah, a political documentary. It's funny. It's when you were talking about Rock Hudson, I was thinking about how cruel the Reagans were to Rock Hudson when he was dying of AIDS and they wouldn't let him back into the country. And you know they, they did a lot of crap, a lot of crappy stuff. The Reagans. I don't care they if you did. like him. He did a lot of crappy stuff. <laughs> All so right. Jason taking a stand on that. I am. Oh, that felt good. Josh, was it your pick next? Is that what happened next afterwards? So my pick came after that and I picked Wayne's World, which I mean, I think as we discussed sometimes in both of us in our picks, we'll go with something lesser known that we just have a personal interest. But in this case, one of the most successful movies of the year is also really one of my favorites, one of my favorite movies ever and something that I have a huge amount of nostalgia for. So I think we had a lot of fun talking about Wayne's World. A lot of the other movies, I was looking at my top 10 of 1992 list on Letterboxd, and a lot of the other movies that we talked about in our episodes, like The Player and Unforgiven, are on that list. So in terms of my personal pick, I would have maybe picked uh, Passion Fish, which is another John Sayles movie. But of course, I had already picked a John Sayles movie to talk about in 96 with Lone Star, so that seemed a little redundant. And as I was saying earlier, I actually really do like Alien 3, and I think it's kind of a fascinating film to talk about. But I was really happy to go with Wayne's World. Cha, right. No, I mean, you are right, because it was good. And yes. It was good revisiting that. Josh, we come to the foreign film, and uh, there were only really two choices for me. And Man Bites Dog won, as it should have. And I'm really glad we watched that. The other one was Hard Boiled, which is so hard to find right now. But I really want to cover that at some point in time. Yeah, I would love to see that. I think the the fact that it's a bit difficult to track down at the moment was maybe part of our choice not to talk about that, which is a John Woo film, a Hong Kong film from John Woo. But really, Man Bites Dog, Jason, you were so adamant about that. It was like, we don't have any other possible choice. I think I had brought up Raise the Red Lantern and like Water for Chocolate, which were both big kind of art house movies at the time in 1992. But Man Bites Dog is so crazy and so unique that I, it's great that we talked about it. And also speaks to the independent spirit and storytelling, uh, you know, kind of maverick style that was going on at the time. And Josh, the only movie we've ever done where the filmmakers have never gone on to make another movie. That is true. That is, it's sort of this weird one hit wonder situation that uh, adds to its uniqueness in a way. So, Josh, my pick was next. And as you know, that was Peter's Friends, which I liked and still like. And I think it was important for us to talk about because I think the further we go forward, we are going to get more into these kind of British, you know, uh, rom-com Curtisville movies. And, and just kind of Peter Friends is one of these lost films that really had an influence on on things. It, it, I had a few others in mind that really kind of fit the year, which just another girl on the IRT, which is a really interesting movie by Leslie Harris, um, who never really she I think she made it made one other movie or maybe didn't make any other movies. But it's a it's a good movie. You should check it out. It's about a 
um, a really smart teenage girl in New York who ends up getting pregnant. And there's just one scene that really kind of takes takes it a little too far that takes me out of it. Otherwise, I'd say it'd be a, a better movie. Then, of course, uh, Singles, Cameron Crowe movie. We've talked about Cameron Crowe, but I feel like Singles really captures this time period so well. And then Nick Gomez's Laws of Gravity, because that kind of set up. It's a cool movie. It's another one of these like kind of, you know, petty criminals in the city and, you know, what's going to happen to them and how are they going to be? And it's got uh, what it does really well is it utilizes for such a small amount of money. It utilizes the camera. It moves the camera really well. And this was the blueprint. A lot of these independent filmmakers read the article where Nick Gomez talked about, hey, this is how I did it with this amount of money. And then people like Kevin Smith were like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. So I, I recommend seeing that movie because of its influence, whether we recognize it or not. But all of those movies are good movies. Yeah, I remember when you were listing those potential picks and I thought this is really intriguing because other than singles, these are movies that I've not seen and not even really heard about. Peter's Friends or Just Another Girl on the IRT or Laws of Gravity. and I got the chance to watch Peter's Friends, which I'd never watched before, but I'd certainly be in really intrigued to watch both of those other two films. And I would have been happy to talk about singles again. As you say, it's such a zeitgeist. You could probably pair that with the year punk broke as a analysis of the, the explosion of grunge music in 1992. Um, so that would have been fascinating as well. But it was a lot of fun to talk about Peter's Friends. And I was glad that you introduced me to that film that I really was not familiar with. Well, thank you, Josh. And of course, when Gary Glenn Ross was the other finalist on my list. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't have to watch Glenn Gary Glenn Ross again. Um, so after that, we went to the Sundance Film Festival and we did talk about the Grand Jury Prize dramatic winner. And that was Alexander Rockwell's In the Soup. Of course, I mean, it's interesting. It's a, it's a major year for Sundance. And we talked a lot about this when we talked about Reservoir Dogs. But going over the award winners, a lot of these award winners um, are movies that I was not really familiar with. Or movies like In the Soup that didn't necessarily make a huge impact afterwards. Uh, the Grand Jury Prize and the Filmmaker's Trophy for Documentary did go to Errol Morris's A Brief History of Time, which obviously Errol Morris is a major documentary filmmaker, although I feel like that's one of his lesser known films. Um, and the Documentary Audience Award went to Brothers Keeper that we mentioned, the uh, Berliner and Sanofsky film, which they're obviously huge documentary filmmakers, although they're Paradise Lost movies that we talked about in a previous season are better known. But some of the other award winners of some film called The Water Dance, which was the winner of the Audience Award for Dramatic Films, as well as the Waldo Salt uh, Screenwriting Award, a film called Zebrahead, won the Filmmaker's Trophy in the Dramatic section. Swoon won a award for excellence in cinematography and special jury recognition to a film called The Hours and Times, which I think is a speculative movie about a possible gay relationship between John Lennon and the Beatles manager. So some interesting forgotten films there winning awards at Sunday. So Josh, the water dance was a big deal. I remember it at that time. Uh, okay. Eric, Eric Stoltz and Helen Hunt. And um, it was about a writer who becomes paralyzed. And I think um, he has a relationship with uh, with Helen Hunt, who's a married woman at that time. Other than that, I know Zebrahead. That was kind of of that time where we were doing like uh, young Nazis and how to deal with your whiteness movies. How but to otherwise, I, your whiteness. I don't is think like so. to, is that like how to train your dragon? <laughs> well, well, if I'm not mis, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Zebrahead was um, 
Michael Rappaport was the star of it, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Is that right? I feel like Michael yeah. Rappaport is the kind of person who would star in a movie about how to deal with your wife. Yeah. Okay. That's so here, exactly so right. here, it, it, it's not maybe not a Nazi thing, but I did look it up. It is Michael Rappaport, and it's about an interracial romance between a white teenage boy and a black teenage girl, and the resulting tensions in Detroit. So that sounds right. I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, could be interesting. Yeah, and, that, that and is in good. fact, uh, he is a Jewish DJ, so definitely not a Nazi. I'd say. <laughs> You want to talk about Best Picture? Best Picture, Unforgiven, great movie, Clint Eastwood, killing the Western genre forever, as we know, never a Western to be made ever again. Uh, we actually didn't talk about any of these other ones, but we might hint, hint, The Crying Game, which has a, a, a reveal as famous as the one we talked about in Basic Instinct, perhaps. Oh, yeah. A Few Good Men, uh, written by Aaron Sorkin and directed by... Awesome movie, your own Rob Reiner, Howard's End, Merchant Ivory, and Scent of a Woman, Martin Brest, Al Pacino, huge movie of the year. Yeah, and as I said, Howard's End seemed to come up a lot just because it it maybe beat some of the other movies that we talked about in various uh, Oscar categories. And as I'm sure I kept saying, I have not seen that film, but seems like one that maybe should be seen because it it we keep talking about. Mm. Uh, so our next episode was Dave's pick, and Dave picked Dead Alive by Peter Jackson. What what else were you considering there, Dave? What other Peter Jackson movies were you considering, Dave? <laughs> I've been waiting all season for this, guys, because uh, this was the hardest choice I've ever had to make in my life between Dead Alive and Army of Darkness, two of my all-time favorite movies. And I landed on Dead Alive because... First of all, it's just completely insane. But second of all, I figured if we're going to talk about Evil Dead, it might as well be in 87 when we do Evil Dead 2, of course, as Dave's pick. It's got to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I do love Army of Darkness. My other ones that I was thinking about, uh, my cousin Vinny was a, a tiebreaker possibility between those two. Also, Death Becomes Her and uh, Encino Man. Totally ridiculous Dave's pick. It fits with the kind of things I pick, you know? Out of two youths. <laughs> All of those. My Cousin Vinny is great. Yeah. Yeah. All of those also movies that a lot of listeners mentioned in our social media call out for their favorite films of 1992. And uh, yeah, maybe something in there might come up soon. We keep yes. teasing what we might have. We've, li we've listened to the listeners and we'll have more to come on that. But Josh, go over what a year for cult classics. Go over this amazing list of cult classics we could have chosen. Yeah, from. we had a whole bunch of suggestions from both of us. Of course, we talked about Shakes the Clown, which I thought was fascinating. And uh, I remember one, one of our favorite listeners, Victoria Ribeiro, was I think the only listener who actually had that amongst her suggestions. Hmm. So at least Victoria hopefully was happy with that episode. But I think we were too. And we have to thank again, Bruce Baum from Shakes the Clown, who yeah. was kind enough to talk to us on that episode. But you're right, so many crazy movies, uh, Jason, I think you suggested Brain Donors, which is uh, some weird comedy that I'm really not familiar with at all. Um, I had suggested uh, Ralph Bakshi's Cool World. Uh, there's Bad Lieutenant, the Abel Ferrara film. Uh, One False Move from Carl Franklin, which has really had like a huge resurgence, I think was recently re-released in a restored version. People love that film. And uh, I, I'd be fascinated to see that. Uh, Tim Robbins' film, Bob Roberts, uh, Leap of Faith, starring uh, Steve Martin. Dave, of course, had mentioned Army of Darkness. There's Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, which has also been kind of reassessed because of uh, David Lynch's further work in the Twin Peaks world. 
Jason, you suggested Under Siege, the the Steven Seagal movie. I don't know if that really qualifies as a cult classic. It was a big hit. Was it a big hit? Yeah, this was the time of Seagal. And uh, yeah. was it? Was Tommy Lee Jones in Under Siege? Was that right? Or? Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a big enough hit like, that it yeah. got a sequel that was not a hit. But I, I mean, I loved it as far as if you're going to see a Steven Seagal movie like that is really the one where he was actually in a good movie that was a big like blockbuster level kind of film. So I don't know if that qualifies. And and another movie, Jason, that you suggested that I don't really know anything about called Dusty Devil. I'm not. What is that? No, movie? is it Dust Devil? Well, maybe that was just oh. a typo. Dust Devil by uh, Richard uh, Stanley, right? The dude who did uh, Island oh, yeah, of that... Doctor Moreau. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's yeah. Right. Maybe that was a typo. Then I don't know. Typo yeah, Dust Devil is coming. Uh, out no, time. but yeah, that was one of his early, if not his first, his second film. Josh Brain Donors is by Dennis Dugan, who we know from the. Uh, uh, Adam Sandler films, and it's a uh, it's a takeoff of Marx Brothers comedies, A Night of the Opera, and A Day of the Races, and stars John Turturro, Mel Smith, and Bob Nelson. So that sound, and it was exec produced by the Zucker Brothers. So that sounds uh, right up the alley of 1992, just balls to the wall nuts. And it sounds like something Dave would have seen and loved. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that. It sounds like my kind of thing, though. Yeah. So I yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean. I'd be curious, but yet literally every element of that you mentioned makes me think I will hate that. I mean, we could have done an entire season on cult classics of 92, right? Yeah, Um, we could have. Yeah. Yeah. So, Josh, when we got to the audience choice, we had so many different things to choose from. Uh, There was Ice Ice Baby, which had the cutting edge, the Mighty Ducks and K2. And how I didn't choose the Mighty Ducks... The only thing I could tell you is maybe I'm holding out for the Mighty Ducks too, because I love the Mighty Ducks, Josh. We had the Mighty Ducks. We had kids' movies released just in the month of April, which featured Beethoven, Newsies, Rockadoodle, and Fern Gully: The Last Forest. I've seen uh, one, two, maybe three of those movies. How many have you seen, Josh? I mean, I I I love. I want to, for the record, kids' movies released in April was Jason's suggestion. <laughs> That's such a very specific. But that idea. I'm just showing you how many there were at that one point in time. You know, there were. Yeah, I, I mean, as a kid, I definitely saw Beethoven, and I definitely saw Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Speaking of Robin Williams, another movie that he was in. Um, I've never seen Newsies. We could have put that in the cult classic section. That is right. Gar- garnered this massive following. Over time, I've never seen that, and I've never seen Rockadoodle, which does not have a Rockadoodle. I remember Rockadoodle. Josh, right, clearly, Femme Fatales was our winner. We'll get to that, but big year for sports movies. The great movie White Men Can't Jump, the great movie Digstown, and the not great movie Ladybugs all came out there. And if that wasn't enough, we could have gone. And just kind of microcosmed into baseball movies with a league of their own, which is obviously having a resurgence with the TV show. The Babe about uh, Babe Ruth and Mr. Baseball starring Mr. Tom Selleck. Uh, Yes. And uh, a league of their own is another one that a lot of people on social media were suggesting. Of course, it does have that TV series right now. And uh, I my, my sister is is now crying because uh, of Ladybugs and her love for Jonathan Brandis, which I remember very clearly oh, when yeah. we were kids. Isn't Jack Hay the co-star of that one? Uh, maybe, but Rodney Dangerfield, isn't he? Right. The He's yeah, the main Dr. star. Dr. I know yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I like yeah. that movie. I'm going to stand up for it. Okay. I don't think I saw it. <laughs> Ladybugs, no respect. No respect. <laughs> 
Um, and of course, our actual category was the femme fatales. The vote, uh, the winner of the vote was Basic Instinct that we talked about. The other options that we gave our audience were Single White Female and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And we almost threw in Poison Ivy as well and left that out mainly because that is a movie that is currently very difficult to track down. And we kind of didn't want to get, get into that effort. But that is certainly a big femme fatale movie and cult classic. And I was it was surprising to me that that is out of circulation at the moment because it's a very well-known film. I mean, again, just crazy. Look at all these uh, interesting categories. We had other movies from 92 that we were talking about, Night on Earth, which is Jim Jarmusch, who, you know, he comes up a lot on this show and he's that, that important of a filmmaker. Baby's Kids from comedian Robin Harris, which I think came out just after he died. Uh, he was young when he died. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we know, is a huge movie. And that would have been interesting to cover. Three Ninjas we put down there because, like, how many sequels no. did Three Ninjas have, you know? Um, Far too many. Sneakers. People love sneakers. That's a movie people really, really like. School Ties. Brendan Fraser. He's on a comeback right now. Hooray, Brendan Fraser. Mr. Saturday Night. That could have also been one of my picks. Billy Crystal playing a kind of old Catskills comedian. Kind of hits close to home. For me, my grandfather was a, a big comedian who got a, a lot of work and a lot of his career was in the Catskills. Malcolm X, one of the best Spike Lee movies. And uh, Josh, we mentioned Chaplin earlier. One other one that you wanted us to mention, Josh, was the film that starred Dean Cameron called Miracle Beach. And the reason you wanted us to mention that is because when we were teenagers, we were suggested, a name producer suggested that we write a spec sequel that uh, we did, which was our own version of a softcore porn. And it was wild and crazy and had stuff like the Gary Coleman show, which was a talk show that we put in there. And two Russians who I think we were a little ahead of our time because we had these two Russian characters who would say, if by winning, you mean losing and a lot of that stuff. And Josh, what happened with our spec? We were told it was really funny. And then the producer optioned his own spec instead. I just love the idea that we were like 16 and thought we're going to become professional screenwriters with Miracle Beach 2. How it was naive a, were we? It was a great exercise, Josh. And I remember every time that because it was a softcore, you had to have a lot of uh, scenes, you know, and then we, you know, with the sex and we would just write sex and Sue's. Yes, yes. Because, of course, neither of us knew anything about right. what that would entail. And Josh, based, we wrote this film. Josh, and uh, based on our Basic Instinct episode, I'm not sure you know anything now. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. So, yes, I think initially um, when we were going over this, of course, I suggested that we do a dramatic reading of the entire Miracle Beach 2 script as a podcast. Which I love that idea. Going on uh, the Patreon. Can, we can dig up the... Yeah, if we can find the script, I'll get the actors together for it, Josh. Yeah, maybe someday if we get if we get uh, you know triple digit subscribers on the Patreon or something, we'll do a full reading of Miracle Beach two, or at least an episode where we watch the first Miracle Beach again. Um, as I said, we got so many responses on social media. I I can't read them all because it was just a huge uh, level of response. But some of the movies that were most commonly suggested include A Few Good Men. Batman Returns, A League of Their Own, My Cousin Vinny, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, all of things that we've mentioned and that obviously have big followings. Um, just kind of going through some of the, the outlier picks, uh, Ryan Perry and MC Myers both suggested Porco Rosso, the Studio Ghibli film. Jason, I know you're a big Studio Ghibli guy. Have you seen that? That one, That's one that I haven't seen yet. I'm going to watch that maybe uh, now that it's been mentioned. 
All right. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. But, um, you know, an earlier film from from Studio Ghibli. Uh, Eric Somdahl suggested Passenger 57, the mm. Wesley Snipes thriller that I, I, I mean, think I have seen. Can I just say, Josh, I mentioned White Men Can't Jump earlier. Big Wesley Snipes year also. Yes, exactly. An awesome Wesley Snipes year. Sure. <laughs> um, Bradley Andrew mentioned Tetsuo 2 Body Hammer, which I am vaguely familiar with Tetsuo the Iron Man, the first weird a weird Japanese cult movie. I didn't know there was a Tetsuo 2. So I didn't either. I know we we were considering covering Tetsuo at one point in time for that season. Yeah, and that that, that might I don't remember what year that was, but that's certainly a, a very uh out there cult film. Uh AJ Howell suggested Universal Soldier, the film with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren, which I definitely remember loving when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I yeah. That I mean, we could have done like uh Seagal versus Van Damme versus Lundgren or whatever, and that could have been an audience choice one also. Yeah, yeah, or we could have just made them fight each other, which would also oh. have been great. Mm. Um, Carlo from the Movie Loot podcast suggested Patriot Games. The uh, I think there's that a Tom Clancy movie starring Harrison Ford, one of the Jack Ryan movies. Right. I don't know if I've seen that one. Yeah. Um, Hard Boiled did come up from uh, D.W. Lundberg from Nostalgia Cast, and One False Move there from uh, M.N. Miller. Someone did suggest Fern Gully. <laughs> Uh, the I Seen It podcast suggested Fern Gully, as well as uh, Stay Tuned. I'm not. Is that like some sort of weird oh, TV parody movie? Stay Tuned, starring John Ritter, maybe, and where they get like zapped into the TV and into the TV <laughs> world. I'm just going based on memory here. Stay tuned, and if I'm not mistaken, at one point he gets zapped into Three's Company with Joyce Dewitt there. So wow, uh, so you've I, seen this movie. I think I've seen it. Yeah, it, it is, is with uh, Ritter and Eugene Levy. Yeah, that that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that could be fun. I wasn't familiar with that one. Uh, Jason, your brother Max suggested it. Uh, no man, I know him. and he he was not he was not the only one. Other than you know Dave, as well as a bunch of people brought up in Sino Man. Um, my sister Brandy, shout out to her again. Uh, suggested a bunch of things, including the Muppet Christmas Carol, which I know she loves. House Sitter with. Is that Sinbad? Sinbad. That film? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know about Sinbad there. Oh, yeah. And, we uh, could do, we should do a whole Sinbad podcast, including picking up Kazam, which may or may not be a movie. No, let's not do a Sinbad <laughs> podcast. Um, and the Nora Ephron film, This Is My Life, again, she was making a big case for it. Wait, Josh, uh, House Sitter from 1992 is a romantic comedy with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn, neither of whom are Sinbad. Wow. See, this is another example of this weird effect. What is the Sinbad movie yeah. about house sitting? There must be one, it's right? It's gotta be. There, yeah. I mean, I remember First Kid where he had to watch the uh, the President's Son. I remember that movie, but yeah, House so Guest, ha- 1995. House Guest, okay. There yeah. you go. So I wasn't entirely crazy. But yeah, credit to Brandon. Sinbad. She's not a fan of the Sinbad film. She wanted a Steve Martin film, which is more legit. Uh, is it though? House Sitter? I don't know. From, that, yeah, Josh. I don't know if that's the best Steve Martin choice there. But so Victoria Ribeiro had suggested Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sure. And uh, Joseph Thomas Corso Jr. suggested a film called American Me, which I am not familiar with. I don't know that one. But, He's got a um, lot of names, that guy. Well, you know, I want to get people's names right or try to, at least if they're nice enough to give us some sort of suggestion. Uh, American Me, a crime drama directed by Edward James Olmos. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not familiar that with could this. could be one, interesting. Sounds, I don't know it either. Interesting. Yeah. So thank you to everyone. I, like, again, that's just a sampling. A lot of people suggesting a lot of the things that we've mentioned already. 
But we appreciate all of that feedback and the enthusiasm for 1992. So uh, that wraps us up. Or does it? Mm. It does not, Josh. It does not. Because we always do a fun uh, extra bonus from the year that we're covering. Should I tell them what it is or should we just drop it? No, let's 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 tell them. We want to get some people to sign up for the Patreon, right? Get a few other subscribers. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, we'll have a 1992 bonus episode for the most suggested movie from our social media followers, which is A Few Good Men from Awesome Movie Year patron saint Rob Reiner. I think this will mm. be our fourth Rob Reiner film. Possibly. Finally, back in the lead, Dave, your Peter Jackson you know, bias can't compete with Rob Reiner's body of work. Just wait till 2005 and King Kong, guys. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I can't wait for that. But Josh, but, uh, let's go. We have a lot of plans coming up, Josh. We made plans. So we're, we're going to drop that. And then before we have a new season, it's right around some holidays. And as you know, I love the holiday episodes and I'm always pushing for them. So before we get to our next season, we're going to do a three pack of Halloween episodes and Josh sticking with 1992 for our first one. As you know, all these episodes come from years we've covered. Dave really wanted us to cover death becomes her. So that will be our first Halloween episode coming out. Yeah. So for the rest of October, we're talking about some Halloween movies, horror movies and sticking with 1992 to begin with death becomes her. So that is what's coming up right afterwards. We've got a few good men on the Patreon, the produced by David Rosen Patreon. Check that out. Sign up for it. Get some bonus David Rosen music. Get some early piecing it together episodes and get our episode about a few good men. And don't forget the Miracle Beach 2 reading, which will we'll feature all the, you know, all the great actors that we know. Reading the softcore porn that you and I wrote as teenagers. Amazing. Amazing. And I feel like also a bunch of other ridiculous promises that we've made in past episodes for things that we would do if we got 100 Patreon subscribers. We'll have to go back and figure that out. Mm. So uh, and then we have our Halloween episodes starting with Death Becomes Her. And after that, when we get to the beginning of November, we are going to launch our newest season. And I'm very excited. Josh, our newest season is our oldest season. Mm. Yes, it is. And that is why I am very excited. Jason, as you say, you are always pushing for these holiday episodes. That is something that you love for us to do. One of the things that I'm always pushing for is for us to look further back into film history. So we are going further back than we ever have before. We're going to talk about the awesome movie year of 1953. A lot of interesting stuff coming up in that season. So Halloween, and then we're going back in time to 1953. So please join us for all of that stuff. And I believe that was when the second Rocky movie was made. So look forward to that. 1953 <laughs> Rocky 2. Sure. Jason, we will uh, make sure you learn a little bit about film history <laughs> when we get to that. I have a degree in it, but whatever. Who cares? So I'm excited too, Josh. It'll be, uh, I think, probably a bunch of first-time watches for me. I don't even know what I chose as my pick for that season, but uh, I chose something. So we'll see. We'll find out. Listeners will find out along with you when we get yeah. to that point. I'm so, going on the ride. You'll have to be the, the lead dog in that season, Josh. I will do my best. So that is our 1992 epilogue. That is this episode of Awesome Movie Year. Again, thank you so much for all your feedback. If you want to give us more feedback, 
Check us out online and on social media. And Josh, I just want to say this is probably our longest epilogue ever, which just goes to show you how many choices there were, how many, what a wide range of movies there were and how excited people were and all the feedback that we got from our listeners. Just amazing. What an awesome movie your 1992 turned out to be. Bravo 1992. Bravo to everyone out there. Thank you guys for listening. As you know, we can be reached on social media. I'm Jason Harris Comedy on Facebook and Instagram. Jay Harris Comedy on Twitter. My website, Go for Jason, is currently learning about the movies of 1992 or 1953 is what I meant to say. But who cares at this point? Uh, don't forget about my new projects. If you're ever in town, check out Eat This Comedy and the Trivia Party. Maybe you'll catch a live event. Uh, we do talk about movies on that stuff. Josh, we're at Awesome Movie Year com awesome movie year on instagram and facebook awesome movie pod on twitter of course josh i just wanted to mention go for jason on letterboxd go ahead buddy i am at josh bell hates everything.com although there isn't really much there worth looking at at josh bell hates everything on facebook and at signal bleed on twitter and at signal bleed on letterboxd And you can listen to our producer, David Rosen's awesome podcast, Piecing It Together. Check out Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And remember, we are expecting you to fix the popcorn and puzzle pieces group, which has gone way downhill. It's horrible and used to be a good thing. Thanks, Jason. That is Jason's (laughs) opinion only. (laughs) Um, Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for Death Becomes Her, and thanks for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. An All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.